23 minutes after 7 p.m. Joined on the line now to take a look at uh, the latest in the markets by Markwe Masilela, founder and chief investment officer at Markwe Fund Managers. Lochan, Markwe, Gunjani. And thank you very much for joining us tonight, Markwe. I want us to start out. Stats uh, SA putting out the Consumer Price Index, uh, which I guess uh, measures the rate of growth uh, in prices across the economy. And uh, yeah, picture doesn't look too good. Very, very far from that target band of 3 to 6%. And uh, inflation coming in at 7.6%, largely driven by a massive increase in food prices. What do you make of this? Yeah, and you know, it was even worse than or above market expectations mm. because we're looking for 7.4%. And remember, the previous month, which is September, was 7.5%. Now it's coming right on the heels of tomorrow. Remember, we're getting that interest rate position, yes. the last one for the year. It's not looking okay. And truth be told, what we've been seeing internationally, that at least inflation was going down a little bit, you know, though still at elevated levels. Back home here, we got it the opposite. So chances are we're still in for a, another rate hike, definitely, whether it's a 50 or 75. Mm. But it just tells you that SA consumers will still be in uh, trouble going forward yeah. because the cost of living keeps on going up. And the high interest rate that we've been seeing now lately, it just worsens the situation because affordability mm. becomes an issue. I mean, the banks have not yet repossessing cars and houses. They are more lenient nowadays. But if you check their records, we've got more people who are far behind with their payments. Well, mm. it's two, three months kind of a situation. So, yeah, it's not a pretty picture. But, yeah, definitely inflation cannot be allowed to get out of hand because inflation is nature. It reduces the purchasing power of your money. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, for me, the interesting thing uh, here, Marco, maybe two observations. The one is... It seems the goods that are driving this higher um, than expected inflation happen to be the things that poorer households spend a disproportionately larger, uh, you know, percentage of their money on. Right? It's the food. It's the housing, uh, which is rentals. It's the water and electricity and refuse costs. It's the transport. Um, and so that's the first observation. The second one, uh, which is something I guess uh, linked to what. Uh, you're referring to Monetary Policy Committee and in particular some of the remarks that have been made by the governor. If we look at administered prices, so these are the prices that are not set by the market per se, but like are, you know, um, in some cases regulated and some unregulated. Just that regulated component, you know, uh, electricity, um, you know, transport in some cases, in the case of subsidized passenger transport, um, that much, much higher, that inflation, then maybe across the entire basket for October 2022. I mean, I'm looking at CPI for durable goods, CPI for services, none as high as the CPI for administered prices, especially the prices that are regulated. You are right. I and remember, here we are talking about a country where you have more than 50% of their people spending more than 50% of their disposable income on food and also on transport, as you mentioned earlier. So it's not looking okay. It tells you that Unfortunately, the lower class, the lower LSM will continue to feel the heat more than mm. the higher LSM. And to think about it, higher LSM guys can easily afford, you know, to have those price increases given their deep pockets. But now you go back and look at the salary increases. I mean, they don't match the CPI itself. So meaning our real income earnings were worse off 
compared to the previous period. Yeah, yeah. Now, now I guess the, the other element, uh, Markwe, which I, I'm quite interested in hearing your thoughts on, is the implication, because we know tomorrow's decision is not based on past numbers. So it's not based on inflation we saw in October or even inflation that we see now in November. But it's actually based primarily on expectations of where inflation will be in the next 18 months. Some of your expectations insofar as what might come out of the Monetary Policy Committee tomorrow? You know, if you oil plays a big component in almost all those things, whether it's food and mm. transportation, and given what is happening now with these talks with the G7s, trying to cap, you know, Russian oil, and we've seen oil prices going down almost 4% today, one might be hopeful that that should be successful when it comes to the Russian oil price cap. Then probably oil prices will still will stay at these low levels, and hopefully they will factor it in, and then say, listen, 18 months from now, what are our uh, inflation expectations? And yes, they will still be anchored at higher levels, but at least they should be going down. So maybe that might sway them to mm. give us 50 basis point instead of 75 basis point, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And I guess uh, that and, uh, you know, the path of price conditions out, you know, in the um, West might also be a, a, a big guide uh, to what we might see, not just of, out of tomorrow's meeting, but uh, many of the other meetings that we set to see over the next while. And so far, signals, if you look at, we know that the U.S., whether we like it or not, they are the interest rate global setters. And then so far, some of the officials, whether it's from the European Central Bank or the U.S. Central Bank, they are having or leaning towards having a 50 basis point increase, you know. And the likes of the United Nations also complained that we might end up having a recession which is fueled by central bankers. So hopefully the guys might say, listen, can we just maybe do a little bit mm. so that maybe we see the impact, you know, of all this uh, hike that we've been doing in the previous period. I mean, so far we had how many basis points? 225 basis points since November. So, yeah, maybe at some point you just have to give it a chance to work itself into the economy. We know it doesn't work itself in immediately in the first two, three months. We just have to give it some time mm. to try to work itself out because the problem here is people will continue to demand high increases The other thing uh, I want us to maybe look at uh, as we shift away, I guess, from uh, the CPI numbers which came through for October 2022 and uh, maybe what we might expect from the Monetary Policy Committee tomorrow. Let's head out to the Congo. Um, I mean, I think many of the listeners would know I'm always quite interested in developments that are coming out of the Congo, especially in the new uh, administration there under uh, Felix Chisakedi um, and uh, the Prime Minister, uh, one Mr. Lukonde. Um, especially for two related reasons. The one is the big role, certainly, that um, Congolese minerals play in the global supply chains of the things we use every day, including the smartphones, which we're going to talk about shortly. But also, I guess, the role that those minerals, copper, cobalt, coltan, you know, I mean, almost any other mineral that I can think of, are going to play in new value chains, new energy vehicles, green hydrogen, and so on. Um, and it seems now they are saying, well, we recognize how big we're going to be. We recognize even, you know, our role in the reduction of emissions because of the forests we have and all of that. Uh, mm-hmm. And now we want to want to play a bit of hardball, want to bargain a little bit. And um, I guess it seems the starting point is with the Chinese who had a landmark agreement uh, with the um, uh, Joseph Kabila government in 2008 
Uh, maybe let, that might be a good place to start. What was the nature of that agreement, Markwe, and why uh, does the Chisekedi government now want to reconsider it? You know, as you are saying, that time when the guys were getting into an agreement, we know that Congo was struggling, getting out of all this messy situation. So they were desperate for cash. They were desperate for infrastructure to be repaired. And I guess by that time, the Chinese had an upper hand. And now, if maybe we can reverse this whole thing, yes, we know that they've got significant deposits or reserves of those important minerals. If prices or demand went the other way, meaning the guys, the, those companies or mining companies were making less money, one day maybe go back and say, can we renegotiate? Because what we thought we'll be making, we're not making it. We thought we'll make a thousand. Now we're making half. Mm-hmm. So all I'm trying to say is that the opposite also holds. But now Congo itself as well, as much as they've got all these uh, good reserves, they have to be careful not to play a hard ball because at some instance you might have good reserves, but you might not have investors who are prepared to come, you know, and mine them out so that they benefit and also benefit. But is it a very good reason to negotiate that agreement? I guess by all means, because I strongly feel that if it was the other way around, that the Chinese companies would also have said, guys, come on. Can we just now re-look into this whole thing? This mining thing didn't pan out the way we thought it would pan out. I, I just to take you a little bit back, you know, I wonder what happened, you know, mm. with our that in the three hydroelectric project in the TRC, as we were expected to put up billions to build those uh, thousands of kilometers of transformation line, transmission lines from the Congo River. And I think it was March 2020, a report advised that we should stay away. And now, remember, we committed to buy some of their power. My point here is... Which was that, the I Grand think, Inga? Or those multiple projects? Yeah, Inga yeah, 3. Yeah. Mm. Remember the Inga 3 project, mm. you know? And I think our initial capital outlay by then were talking almost $4 billion US dollars. And I think it was costing us almost 7 million rents a kilometer. So my point is, if we had an agreement like that, and we realized in South Africa that this is not going to be working out for us, or we can do it cheaper, we revisited that project, you know? Mm, mm. You know, it's, it's so interesting, because I guess, you know, if you look at it in that way, part of the thing is not only just around hydropower, the minerals I've mentioned, um, and even, what do they call that, peat, what, what? Uh, and in yes. addition to that, of course, the forests. Yes. Um, one would imagine that everybody's probably knocking on the door of the, you know, government there in Kinshasa, trying to eke out a long-term deal. I mean, we also heard a few uh, months ago, Elon Musk was trying to secure, you know, uh, yes. supplies of some of the rare and very expensive minerals that are mined in the DRC for some of his own, you know, electric vehicles and some of his other ventures as well. Um, and this must be. Uh, as you say, probably not the time to play hardball, but you would imagine that the DRC government in the next while will have a lot of bargaining power. Yes, and there's nothing wrong with that because remember when this was initially signed with Joseph Kabila, the companies, the Chinese companies, had a bargaining power. Mm. So there's nothing wrong when tables have to turn around. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Let's shift our attention now to some company news. Naspers put out some numbers earlier on today. It seems the share buybacks continue. They still feel uh, that uh, the discount uh, to the, uh, I guess, underlying value of all of their holdings they have, uh, as reflected in their share price, is still wide. And uh, using these share buybacks to narrow that. And uh, by the end of September, they bought 
back about 3.6 million process shares and uh, just over 1.5 million shares uh, uh, in Naspers. Uh, but yeah, what do you make, I guess, of um, the continuing losses? And, uh, you know, we saw operating losses there declining somewhat, um, notwithstanding uh, some improvement, uh, marginally so, in revenue. But it seems classifieds, food delivery, payments and fintech, um, you know, continues to stutter along as they search not only for scale, but also for a path to profitability for many of the ventures. And these are the guys who've had a very, uh, I guess, thick checkbook in the last while and have been shopping around. Yeah, definitely. And I think maybe starting with the share buybacks, you know, I think that's the best way to reward your long-term shareholders. Mm. And we always call them the insiders. But if a company is paying back their shares, definitely they understand the value of that particular share compared to an analyst out there. Yeah. So they think that you are getting this at a very reasonable price. So I think they should continue to do that because even the South African Reserve Bank has extended, I think, that to go ahead, you know. But yes, growth expectations and valuations came under pressure as consumers adapted to the new realities of higher inflation and interest rates, plus the effect uh, when it comes to the daily lives and spending power. And yeah, group revenue from continuing operations grew by a mere 1%, but that was driven by a very healthy increase in e-commerce revenue. And we know that Proxas and NASPAS, as we said earlier, you know, to try to close the gap of their share price, the valuation, we know that they rely so much on Tencent. So trading profit declining, reflecting a lower share of profit mm. coming from Tencent. And also the guys had to make new investments when it comes to e-commerce. And we know the troubles of Tencent, you know, when the Chinese authorities were becoming more strict, you know, but now lately they seem to be at least boosting up a little bit. I think it's a week and a half or so, they also approved new training licenses. So probably that will help Tencent going forward. But them investing into the new e-commerce, where autos, where credit, or e-commerce, I think that was a good thing for them. But yeah, those fair daily losses when it comes to Tencent definitely had a very significant impact when it comes to their core headline, and especially I think they were 24%. But hey, the guys are out of Russia, mm. and then I think they got almost two point four billion US dollars in October. So, do you think they'll go back? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah it's a business. It's a business decision. Now it was a business decision to pull out for whatever reasons. If now things turn around and yeah. the environment is different and conducive, why not? Exactly. Just as we wrap up, Marque, Rhodes Food Group, uh, RFG, putting out their numbers. Uh, these are the guys who give us, uh, you know, Mama Pies, uh, Bisto, Bull Brand, you know, tinned meat stuff, long life products and um, condiments, uh, such as spices and uh, so on. And uh, yeah, coming out with an interesting set of numbers here. Revenue ups uh, 21.9% to 7.3 billion. Uh, some stress, of course, on operating margins in some of the segments they operate in. Uh, but uh, in the main, I guess uh, they stand to benefit uh, from a reopening of the marketplace, global supply chains easing somewhat as well. And uh, yeah, it seems they are on a relatively good wicket here. They are, and this growth in revenue, it was driven by the recovery in international sales business with strong demand for canned fruit and also fruit pure product. Mm. And also remember, regional performance was kind of resilient. It's not as good as the international one. Yeah. And also what was very interesting, look at their debt to equity ratio. Mm. It improved from 39.4 
you know, to 36.2. And the guys were clever also to take advantage. Remember, I think Greece had an issue as well when it comes to pitches, and the guys managed, you know, to capitalize on that, and they had to continue to increase productivity. And so that worked for them. And if they get instances like that, yeah, I think it was this whole thing about uh, lower grid production output. So they had to close that gap as well. But also, look into this whole thing about energy. The guys will continue to expand on renewable energy infrastructure to reduce the impact of load shedding and also to try to mitigate the impact of related water mm. supply interruptions. The guys are looking into inverting, increasing water storage capacity in certain facilities. Are we, Mark, where, and just as we wrap up, I mean, a last question on my end. Are, are we in a moment now with where interest rates are, where many firms, it's certainly a massive operational consideration to pay down debt. So if you find that you have any free cash flows, one of the big distributional decisions you have to make is to get some of the lenders off your back. Definitely. And that also applies to individuals. And you first concentrate on those high interest uh, debt. Like that what? what's, what's that? What's that? You know, uh, we know that uh, there are some bonds that might have been issued, there are some loan facilities that you've got at ridiculous uh, prices, or you've got a floating interest rate when it comes to those bank facilities. So as interest rates go up, then you also have to pay up as well. So where you can, you close that, and others are trying to at least to roll them over where you can, because that is not bad. Only if you are using it in such a way that it's got a nice multiplier effect. Mm. Then the rent that you spend, you are able to generate another two or three rents or so. Then it's fine. Then you can continue with that kind of debt. So I think they have to look into that expensive debt. And sometimes the likes of your preferences as well. That's another one as well because we know the guys are required to pay a, a certain percentage, especially if maybe linked to maybe crime less to stuff like that. Then those are the stuff that you need to sort out. Individuals who are putting mm. your unsecured loans, your overdraft facilities, mm. your credit cards, you know, but you can still not have to be forced to settle yeah. your house. Yeah. Makwe, we leave it there for tonight. Always a pleasure catching up with you. Thank you very much for your time.